0: Good day, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm your host, Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've decided to join us today. As the war between Israel and Hamas ramps up and shows signs of becoming a long-term struggle, some of the most interesting fallout is right here in America, in our politics. At the national level, Republicans have moved to censure Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, a Democrat from here in Detroit, and the only Palestinian-American member of Congress for her criticisms of Israel. At the state level, too, you are seeing people take action. Dearborn residents have protested against the ongoing bombings in Gaza, which have helped to kill more than 8,000 people, according to recent reporting. Some local Jewish residents are split on the issue, some outright supporting Israel, while others are talking about the need for a ceasefire. Governor Gretchen Whitmer herself has already taken a side, saying that she, quote, unequivocally supports Israel at a Southfield synagogue on October 9th. That was just two days after Hamas killed more than 1,400 Israelis and kidnapped at least 240 people. Whitmer is not the only state official to support Israel. That has also come from Senator Gary Peters, Congressman Shri Tanadar, Congresswoman Haley Stevens, and Attorney General Dana Nessel. Now, all of this is partly because while this war is many miles away, it also feels really close to home for those of us here in Southeast Michigan. Metro Detroit has more than 70,000 Jewish residents And Dearborn alone is home to the largest concentration of Arab Americans in our country, with more than half of its 110,000 residents identifying as such. Not only that, but people are connected directly to those who've been killed. They have loved ones, literal relatives who've been murdered in either Israel or Gaza. And that means that a political issue so far away is also very near. Over the weekend, Governor Whitmer canceled her plans to speak at a Muslim-led health clinics fundraiser in Dearborn after an Arab-American group threatened to protest the event over her comments in support of Israel. This is spiraling in an increasingly intense And fast way in our politics here in southeast Michigan. So the question is, what are the other consequences that will take shape from this conflict here at home? How's it changing the voting makeup of Democratic voters in Michigan? How is it affecting the Republican Party? And is there any way for Democrats to try to smooth things over to try to keep both Jewish and Arab Michigan voters also what will be the reaction of Republican voters as this goes on that's where we want to begin the conversation on Detroit today to talk about what the reverberations from the Middle East are in our local politics. And to talk about that, we've got Dennis Darnoy with us. He is the founder of Densar Consulting, which is a political consulting firm that tracks voter data. Dennis, welcome back to Detroit Today.
1: This conversation yeah
0: um I should also note that a little later in the in the show we are going to be joined by Greg Bowens a political and communications consultant also a former columnist at deadline Detroit he's going to give us uh, more of the perspective from inside the Democratic Party Party. Greg was the founder and past president of the Gross Point Harper-Woods NAACP and ran for chair of the Michigan Democratic Party. Okay, Dennis, uh, I want to start here with how big the tension is in our politics here in Southeast Michigan right now because of what's going on in the Middle East. Is there another issue historically that seems to drive so many wedges between folks in our region?
1: Um, well, on, on a national level, um, the Democratic Party had a, a huge split over the Vietnam War. And this is probably the, the first thing that we've seen since that time um, that has created such a divisive wedge. And, and the question really is, you know, it's, it's exposed to conflict within the Democratic Party. Um, and, and is it going to be a, a permanent rupture? Um, how long is this this rift going to last among these factions? Um, how is it going to to play out? And then obviously, you know, here in, in Michigan, we have on the Democratic side, a a contest for uh, an open U.S. Senate seat, and you have in that race, a, an Arab American candidate, uh, Nasser Bedayun, who, um, you know, is, is on one side of the issue. And then you have obviously uh, Congresswoman Slotkin, who's um, you know, taking, um, you know, pains to to try to to address both sides, but certainly um, has the support of the Jewish community. Um, and, and so, you know, both on the national level uh, here at the state level, you're going to see it in some of the state house races in terms of primaries. And obviously, I think, as, as you've mentioned, Congresswoman Tlaib is someone who's at the center of this issue. Um, this is something that's going to play out um throughout the elections throughout the primary season um and beyond and and it is going to have ramifications um for for the general um because you know obviously we have a very big Arab American community here in Michigan um traditionally they have supported the the democratic nominee for president um last uh, last time uh, Joe Biden won the Dearborn area uh, by a 3 to 1 uh, ratio over the the nominee Donald Trump, um, and 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 as this plays out, and and again we can talk about polls that have shown a deep drop in in support for President Biden, um, in in those areas, uh, it, it it you know it's going to have an impact on on the presidential race as well, which obviously is is incredibly important.
0: Yeah, so I, I want to talk more specifically about our community and. Uh, the makeup of our community and the loyalties and the emotions, that, I guess that that attend this issue. In, in in really simple terms, we have large populations of both Jewish Americans and Arab Americans, but. I think it goes much deeper than that. And part of the tension inside the Democratic Party, at least, is about the way that those loyalties split inside those communities. Can you talk a little more uh, about that split and how this particular conflict is aggravating those splits, I think, in in a different way than other issues that we've seen come out of the Middle East?
1: Oh, certain, certainly, um, and I think one of the things that has occurred, um, uh, you know, uh, Arab Americans and, and Muslims, Palestinians, currently feel that um, their perspective does not matter, um, and that, that their voices are not being heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're made to feel um, ignored or or made to feel insignificant, uh, y- y- you seek alternate. Partners and and so you know we have um, you know even if you just look geographically um, you know Southfield and 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 sort of southern sections of um, Oakland County having a a large Jewish population and then obviously the Dearborn area um, having a large you know segment of Arab Americans. you know, there's a there's a very you know large tension. and And again, if you are um, some someone who has um, gone out and campaigned for, uh a candidate or hosted a fundraiser or donated money to and now you you feel as if that candidate has uh turned his or her back on a viewpoint which is incredibly important to you um as you mentioned both sides having um understanding individual loss at a very personal level um and at that moment when you feel that you need the support of someone who you've you've supported and and that support is not there or that they are vocally um opposed to the position that you're taking and and sort of kind of quieting your voice or asking you to to be quiet, it's, it's incredibly uh, difficult and and hard to continue to support that candidate or those parties. Mm-hmm. And it gives rise to other individuals saying, I'm going to run against you or I'm going to base my campaign uh, in, in opposition to you based on this singular issue.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's talk about inside the Jewish community, what the tensions look like? Uh, and, and again, the, the, I think it's really important to understand that that simple interpretations probably are insufficient, or if not outright wrong. Um, but talk about how uh, the Jewish community is responding to our local politics and our local politicians and where the tensions lie inside uh, the Democratic Party.
1: Sure. So, so many, um, many Jewish voters Uh, sort of feel abandoned at this point in time by those on the progressive left wing of the party. Um, A lot of them feel as if they stood side by side with progressive members, um, you know, in in Congress and and here at the local level on issues and and marched with them and were very, very vocal in their support um, and and provided monetary support to um, candidates who were campaigning on different issues. And now as they feel in this very moment of need, um, that, that there is an equivocation, that there is uh, some vocal support for um, the Palestinians, for Hamas, um, and not taking a very definitive stance on this um, feels like, uh, like a betrayal. And one that, obviously, given um, you know the, the, the history um, that the Jewish people have faced, is, is, a, is a massive slap in the face. And so, um, you know, there are many Jewish voters who are very, very surprised... Um, and, and I think that's one of the things that there's a lot of shock among uh, voters that the Jewish voters that the support that they thought are expected um, unequivocally mm-hmm. would be there um, hasn't been. And so, you know, again, now you're you're within this party and and it is sort of a bright line where there isn't a, um, you know, a, a conversation in the middle. It's either you're you're for us or you're against us. And, and so to be taken aback by people who you thought were supporting you. Um, again, it's been a wake-up call. And, and it really, again, it's it's how long is this rift going to last? Is there a, um, an ability to have a conversation uh, on this? Or is this really just going to be um, you're with us, against us? And, and that is going to be um, the question not only nationally, but here in, in Michigan, is how that is going to affect the Democratic Party. Mm.
0: I'm talking with Dennis Starnoy. He's the founder of Densar Consulting, a political consulting firm that tracks voter data. Um, we're talking about the implications in our domestic politics and, in particular, our local politics here in southeast Michigan from the war in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas. We're seeing it play out on a number of different fronts uh, in the in the in the spheres of many of our local politicians, and of course, in our communities, which are rich with uh, both Jewish Americans and Arab Americans. Uh, We would love to hear from you during the conversation As well. Give us a call and let us know what you make of the tensions playing out, especially in the Democratic Party right now, over what's happening in the Middle East. Uh, Are you a Democrat? Have you seen something since the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel or the Israeli response, which is ongoing? Have you seen something that made you consider changing your political? Affili- affiliation because of the way that the Democratic Party has responded to these things. Uh, do you think perhaps that, um, or are you somebody who's? becoming a stronger supporter, I guess, of the Democratic Party because of the Democratic Party's stance on the war. Also, give us a call. Let us know, if you're a Republican, what you think of how the party is responding to what's happening in the Middle East. Uh, Is it along the lines of the way you feel about this conflict or are you having to kind of weigh your loyalties, Uh, think about the way in which uh, you might vote next year? because of what's going on overseas. 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation that way. Before we go to the phones or to social, Dennis, I do want to talk specifically about uh, Rashida Tlaib, uh, one of the two Congress people we have here in the city of Detroit, and the pressure that is being put on her for some of the things that she has said uh, about about Israel and about this conflict, uh, there's real danger that, that she will face actual consequences in Congress, uh, which would not only, of course, affect her, but would affect the 700,000 people she represents here in Metro Detroit, including some Jewish Americans, uh, if they were to censure her. But but, but talk about what she faces, uh, why she faces it, and again, the strain that that puts on the Democratic Party, as well as the Republican Party.
1: Well, absolutely. So obviously, you know, now that the Republicans have uh, finally, chosen a speaker and are running the house again. Um, they they have the opportunity to to take up a, a motion to censure. Um, there are a number of um, Republicans and Democrats who are uh, very upset with um, you know Representative Tlaib and and sort of uh, you know um, obviously one particular issue in terms of of blaming Israel for something that um, you know does not appear that that was the case and and refusing to to condemn it. um so because of that, you have a, a member of Congress who wants to um, have a formal vote on censuring her and um but the the issue becomes um, you know, for Democrats, obviously, there are those who, who oppose what she said. Um, do you join Republicans and, and censure her? Um, you know, if you if you vote not to censure her, are you uh, tacitly supporting what she said? And how does that impact um, how your voters are in your constituencies is looking at you? Um, so, you know, she is she is um, one of the two members who is kind of front and center right now on this issue. And she um, is a convenient target for for a Republican, so if this motion occurs, and and there is one against a, a Republican member as well, just to point that out, um, on a different issue. But um, you know, the the issue to censure is a very serious one. Uh, it used to be a very very rare occurrence, and now this is is something that has fallen into the political domain, um, and and the threat of censure, I should say, is is one that's being um, brought up more and more as kind of a way to um to to, i'd say squash dissent or to express a uh, express disapproval with a viewpoint that is different than than yours and i think it's it's again a fundamental issue it's not republican or democrat um that we have in in our political environment right now that the inability to to here, an opposing viewpoint, the inability to have a civil conversation over serious differences um, has been plaguing our, our political dialogue for a good time now. And, and this is just kind of a uh, a continuation or a natural consequence of our inability to uh, discuss issues that, that we may have opposing viewpoints on. Mm.
0: Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about how the war in the Middle East is affecting domestic politics here in America, and especially here in Southeast Michigan. We're going to be joined by another voice, Greg Bowens, a local Democratic consultant, who's going to give us his insight into how this is stressing politics locally. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Dennis Darnoy is here with us. He is the founder of Densar Consulting, which is a political consulting firm that tracks voter data. Uh, I want to add another voice to the conversation as well. Greg Bowens is a political and communications consultant, also a former columnist with Deadline Detroit. He was the founder and past president of the Gross Point Harper Woods NAACP, and he also ran to be the chair of the Michigan Democratic Party. Uh, Greg, welcome back to Detroit Today. Oh, thank you, Stephen. So, uh, Greg, uh, I, I do want to start with you in this in this segment, and just have you give a sense of the way this conflict overseas is affecting our politics here. Uh, and, and what the complications, I guess, of those effects look like. Uh, I was saying earlier that I think simple analyses about this are, are insufficient, if not outright wrong. This is a really complex issue, and it plays out in really difficult ways here in, in Detroit and in metro Detroit.
2: Yeah, that's true. And I think it's only going to get even more complicated as time goes on, uh, particularly if this conflict widens and becomes sort of like this issue of uh, the United States support for Israel against Muslims <laughs> and uh, as a whole, as a, as a community. Mm-hmm. And that could be really challenging for us as Democrats. As it stands now, uh, we find ourselves trying to walk this, you know, tightrope and understanding that um, as, as liberals, as a liberal organization, we are all about respecting the human rights of everybody. And so when we see an attack, a terrorist attack, like we saw with Hamas, you know, running in, killing those people, kidnapping those folks, you know, that's something that is, cannot be tolerated and, you know, is diametrically opposed to the things that we stand for. At the same time, we understand that the, um, the situation in Gaza, in Palestine, has been untenable for a long time. And so those tensions have sort of existed below the surface, but we found a way, I think, as a community of people to be able to get along. That's being stressed now because we're seeing stuff like the American Human Rights Council. They put on this big gala every October Mm -hmm. in Dearborn. Mm -hmm. I remember going there 20 years ago with Dennis Archer and, and several times since you know, in, in my private life, you know, with my business uh, going there. And it is a celebration of, you know, southeastern Michigan. And if you're in office or if you're running for office, you have to be a part of that. You know, uh, the mayors of Detroit go, the governors go, and it is an opportunity to connect with the Middle Eastern community in a way that, you know, celebrates and shows that we are all one, Right. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen this year. They canceled it because of what's going on in Gaza. Right. That's a that's a that's a that's a big deal. And um, and it plays out it hurts us as Democrats, you know, not to be able to connect to the community in that way because it's it's good FaceTime in a positive environment and it's an opportunity for, for that community to celebrate leadership around the state that they find important and valuable. And those tra- that translates into money and into support when elections roll around, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's a big hole.
0: So, and so that's Yeah, that's, go
2: ahead. I was go just going to say, that's just sort of one example of how difficult things are becoming that are going to have an impact on us going forward. Because we are seen as like the group that embraces this community more than, you know certainly the folks on the right. yeah, And uh, and now the governor is, is missing out on being able to go to places and connect with the community. You know, Warren Evans, the uh, Wayne County executive, has deep connections, I think, with the Middle Eastern community sure. here. And it is, it is, it, it played out because last September he went to Lebanon with his chief of staff, mm-hmm. you know? And so you got to wonder how that You know, uh, that that kind of activity is going to be seen by the Jewish community now in light of, you know, what's going on in Israel and by the Arabic community. Where does he stand? We haven't heard anything from him yet, but he has been the uh, the most senior uh, elected official that has gone there to that region at, of late, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, so
0: Greg, I want to, I want to talk about, uh, President Biden and Governor Whitmer and the things that they've said about this and, and what, what kind of difficult position that puts other politicians in the democratic party in and whether I guess you're surprised by the strength of their support for Israel and the absence of, there, even intoning um, about uh, sympathy and, and empathy for the for the Palestinian uh, for the Palestinian people, given that strong Arab support in the Democratic Party.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know it, it. Yes, I I I, I think I, I I think I've been surprised, you know, um, and certainly. You know, for African-Americans, for black folks in the yeah. party in particular, we're watching this to see how things are playing out. And we understand we all of us understand the aspect of terrorism and wanting to combat terrorism. Um, at the same time, we also you started to hear rumblings of, well, well, what about us? how mm-hmm. do we fit as a black community in this conflict? And the way that the president President Biden has you know stood up for Israel in this how does how does that translate to us? On the one hand, it's a very sympathetic sort of approach. you know, uh, I, I think by and large he is enjoying still strong support, you know from the black community in relationship to this at the other time, on the other hand, you know, some folks are just saying, well, this is a white people's fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And where do we stand, you know, in the midst of this? We also have our own challenges in dealing with the Arab community when it comes to retailers in lots of ways. And we've all been struggling, you know, with that over time, and in particular with the gas stations and the interaction with the community and stuff sure. like that. And so, you know, I got to tell you, Stephen, I was at that gas station on uh, Warren and 75 mm-hmm. not too long ago. And a bunch it was Packed, man. I was like six o'clock, you know, (laughs) and and there were two lines going. You got the lottery line and you got the regular line. Right. Right. And so this this uh, group of kids came in. They were elementary school. Maybe one was in junior high and they were, you know, running around getting their candy and all that stuff. And they went to the lottery line and uh, which was empty, you know, for a second. And we were like 12 deep. And so the guy at the cashier started to get frustrated with them, you know, because they're kids. Right. Right. (laughs) They're starting to count their pennies and stuff. And uh, this one brother in front of me, he before I could speak up, I was ready to speak up. But he he said it before me. He was like, man, don't worry about it. I got that. Whatever whatever they're buying. I'm, I'm paying for it, right? Mm-hmm. And so the kids got really happy and were like starting to grab more stuff. <laughs> and the guy behind the register started to get more frustrated. Now, everybody behind the counter was, was Middle Eastern. And I'm not kidding you, everybody in the lobby was black. Wow. <laughs> at all the customers, right? <laughs> and so we could feel, you could start to feel this kind of tension, particularly when the brother spoke up. Hmm. And the guy behind the counter got a little more frustrated because he was like, oh, what do you mean, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I told you what I'm going to do. I'm paying for this. And so it devolved into the brother and uh, the customer shouting and saying, I don't appreciate you disrespecting these kids. Sure. Their customers too, right? And you could feel the sort of tension in the room starting to amp up and it was like, okay, what is this about to turn into? Right. Yeah. And, uh, but that's it, it calmed down, but, uh, not, not, you could feel the tension. Sure. You could feel the tension. And so as black folks, we understand you know, that we have these challenges in our community that are still ongoing in relationship to our Middle Eastern brothers and sisters at times at gas stations and party stores. And then we're looking at this stuff on TV and we're seeing the strong support coming from President Biden and the governor. And you start saying, well, what about us?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think and, it's, a, it's, uh, a, it's an important it's an important question. And it's something that I think not just African-Americans, but lots of folks are starting to ask about uh, the Democratic Party um, uh, Again, I want to get going on the phones and on social, and if you want to join this conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag DetroitToday, and we can include you that way. Let's start today with Sam in Detroit. Sam, what's on your mind?
3: Good morning, uh, Steve, and uh, good morning to your guest. Mm-hmm. So my name is Sam. I am an officer at the Macomb Democratic Party in Macomb. Mm -hmm. I'm also the chair of the Arab American Caucus at Macomb County Democratic Party. And uh, it was very promising when we elected uh, President Biden. And uh, in a difference of the Arab or other ethnics, maybe, the Arabs are very concerned when it comes to voting and what the perspective when it comes to the foreign policy uh, versus majority of people will vote based on the domestic issue issues. 3% of the Arab American are the voting power in the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And we supported proudly President Biden and the party when it uh, back in the election 2020. Now, the question is from my own people, from my own people, what your party position when it comes to at least have a sense of humanity and ask for the stop of the massacre that's been happening every single day against innocent people. No one is saying that what Hamas did was the right thing. It was absolutely wrong. But the question is, 75 years of occupation led to those kinds of uh, action. Now there's a humanitarian crisis and the party is silent, the administration is supporting and we felt abandoned, and we felt disappointed. Hmm. My question is to myself and to other people that I try to recruit their votes to the, to the party on all levels, on all elected openings. How come that I would be able to intercom, to inter- communicate with my people and ask them, can you vote Democrat? This is a bloody question I cannot ask. And even myself, how far I can be active and uh, being a voice for the Arab-American within the party, and I see the unfortunate position from our own governor, which I personally supported. And I felt proud about this flipping Michigan to Democrat. Now have you should have a consideration of humanity. You should now, the separation point is too big. The gap is big between yeah. the Arab-American community and the leadership in Michigan and the leadership on the federal level. And guess what? If we did not switch our votes to the other party, we're at least not going to participate. We're going to protest by silence, which is also dangerous. I'm not sure if one year of election time, until the election time will be enough to cover the gap or repair what has been broken. I have a strong doubts about this. But for myself, I decided to stay active in the party and keep the pressure from yeah. inside. I, that
0: was going to be my question, Sam, was what, what, what your response would be to these feelings. I mean, I, I, I can absolutely feel over the line how how strongly uh, this this affects the way you're thinking about politics. And as somebody who in some way represents the party, uh, there's even more pressure uh, on you to, to have to have answers uh, for people about about these things. Uh, Dennis Darnoy, I'll, I'll come back to you to, to, to respond and then I'll, we'll get to, to Greg to respond to what Sam's talking about here and how powerful and important that could be as we, uh, again, get ramped up for another another election season.
1: Yeah, and and so I would say there's uh, been a really recent poll that's come out of the Arab American community in in Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Um, I'd argue that Ohio is not really a battleground state anymore, but uh, certainly Pennsylvania and and Michigan are. And two-thirds of Arab Americans have a negative view of President Biden's response Hmm. to the current violence in Palestine and Israel. And um, what you've seen is a, a precipitous drop in in his support um and and again the the question was asked would you support him in the upcoming election um and and that dropped from 59 uh in a previous poll to 17 percent now obviously we're in in the heart of the matter and it's 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 very hot and um you know tensions are are running very high but but as sam pointed out the the issue isn't uh you know so much are you going to support them but if you if you take quote unquote a year of silence and the arab american community chooses not to cast a vote in the presidential election mm-hmm. in the battleground states of of michigan and pennsylvania that's going to have a huge impact on the overall outcome um and again if you now throw into the mix third party candidates et cetera et cetera the support for the republican candidate assuming it's going to be donald trump at this point in time isn't going to go down or fade or anything like that. His supporters Will come out and vote for him. So any decrease in in turnout or any decrease in traditional support for the Democratic nominee is, is going to have a you know tremendous impact on, on the race. And so I was interested in listening to Greg's story and and the the two sort of phrases that that came to my mind or or I wrote down was he said essentially the situation calmed down, but you can feel the tension. You mm-hmm. can feel the tension. Mm-hmm. And I think the question for the Democratic Party is. How do you calm down the situation? When are you able to so that you can have a conversation? Because, you know, as he pointed out right now and on this matter, you can certainly feel the tension within the party.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what, what, what was your reaction to what we heard from Sam, both in terms of his being Arab American, but also being a representative of the Democratic Party there in Macomb County in the in the odd spot that puts him in?
2: Well, the first thing that I thought about was uh, was that he did not distinguish between Palestinians living in Gaza and the wider Muslim world. You know, it's and, 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 and the way that he talked about it and to me and it intimates that there is that it's already viewed as a uh, as a Muslim as a us against Muslim conflict you know and not just Hamas which is you know a, a, a subgroup of, of political ideology in the wider Muslim world and so it is uh, if that is the case if it is already crossed that line and seen as a us versus Muslim uh, conflict then, the challenge is going to be even greater. It does not do us any favors when we don't have top officials not showing up for these peace protests or these ceasefire protests that are, that happen, you know, here, downtown Detroit, you know, somebody should have been there. These people all came to Detroit, you know, the largest city in the state and neither the mayor was there or nobody from the commission was there. Nobody from the governor's office was there. no, Federal officials, none of the state senators were there, although I, uh, I do believe Nasser Beydoun has been, uh, who's running for U.S. Senate, has been making appearances. And certainly um, uh, our Congresswoman, to Taleb, has been raising the voice. So it's not like, you know, it's not like that we don't have any voices involved in the process, but it is while Congresswoman Taleb is advocating for her people, the Palestinians, she is she is joining them in protest against President Biden, against the governor, you know, against the Democratic establishment uh, in a way to sort of get them to move off the dime. But, you know, it's it's it becomes imperative, I think, that the governor is going to have to do more than issue a statement calling for uh, making sure that all of the Michiganians who are stuck in Gaza, get out, mm-hmm. and to identify who they are, to say that she's going to do more than get bu- get out from behind, issuing statements saying that we value life, you have to show up. You have to show up. And that is the deal. And there is a way to navigate it, to be able to show up and to say that the, the, the people of Gaza are important, the Palestinians are important, and we need to have a ceasefire without offending i believe israel i know it's a it's a it's a very thin line but if you if you stand for peace then you have to stand for peace and you know now is the time to do it and so if she was doing that then the last caller who's out in macomb county may have a different sort of viewpoint in saying that you know i i at least be able to say i appreciate you know, the stance that our senior leadership is is taking. And that goes true for the president. The president has issued statements calling for, you know, the respect of life and reminding Israel uh, right from the beginning that uh, human rights abuses will not be tolerated, that the rules of war will have to be followed. And I just saw this morning when they were talking about that camp in Gaza that was destroyed and all those civilians that were killed and that Israel was targeting, a leader of of Hamas. Uh, there was a IDF national spokesperson, international spokesperson, on there saying that you know, well, these things happen. Yeah, you know, they yeah. hide
0: behind. I was, I was also civilians going to get killed. Yeah, I was also taken aback by that IDF. Official, I saw him on CNN last night. I couldn't believe what what, what he was saying. (laughs) Okay, we need to take another quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll continue this conversation with Dennis Darnoy and Greg Bowens about the local effects of the war in the Middle East. We'll also continue to hear from you, the callers, the folks on social media. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Let's go back to the phones uh, to Layla in Detroit. Layla, welcome to the show.
4: Hi, um, thank you for taking my call. And mm-hmm. my, I guess my my comment is more for clarification that then raises an interesting observation. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of your guests mentioned the conflict as being framed as you know Jews against Muslims, or you know, and I, I just want to clarify that. In the greater Arab American community, this is seen as a humanitarian issue. It's mm-hmm. not, um, it's not a, a religious issue, and it's certainly not a religious conflict. It is primarily, and if not solely, a humanitarian concern. Um, but that your guest mentioned that it is, you know, framed as this way, it, it made me wonder whether that's one of the reasons why um, our administrators were not at the protest on Saturday. Um, maybe these are echoes left over from nine eleven, and if so, um, this is just—it's just wrong. Yeah. Um, so um, and I yeah.
0: So Leila, I want to I want to get you to expand just a little on what what you think the the consequence of what you're talking about should be. How should they be reacting if you see this as a humanitarian issue? What would you want to hear? from the people who represent you in Lansing or Washington?
4: I want them to voice their concerns for Palestinians as much as they do for Jews in Michigan. Mm -hmm. The threats against Jews are very real in Michigan. I wouldn't discount that. And I would want them to voice the same concern um, for Palestinians. And I would want them to treat the the war there presently even handedly while also recognizing that there is an asymmetry in power that's taking place in this war it is not a war of equals um, even though it's framed that way in our public discourse
0: yeah Um, uh, and that yeah yeah i I really appreciate your call and And that perspective, uh, uh, I I think it's a really important observation uh, about the situation. Um, uh, Greg, I'm going to give you a chance to react, and then I'll go to Dennis.
2: No, I I, I feel her, and I completely understand uh, where she's coming from on this. There is a desire, and she spoke it, for uh, the Democratic Party, for folks to take a stronger stand in support, of life and you know the and 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 the, and the, and the, to stop the horrific things that are going on there right now and look these these Democratic and Republican district meetings are gonna start up in November you know some for some it's the first Saturday for some it's the third Saturday mm-hmm. you know there's going to be some I believe some contention on the floor as people offer up the idea of at the local level these resolutions Saying, calling for a ceasefire, calling for support of Israel, calling for support of you know, Gaza uh, and the Palestinians. Um, I, certainly in the twelfth, you got to see that coming. Where recedes to leave, I mean the eleventh. That's Where her district, uh, certainly in the thirteenth, you know, here in Detroit. And when you see Detroit City Council struggling, yeah, struggling to put out a simple statement uh, in support of humanity. That's a problem in a city that's still majority black, Mm. that we have to struggle with doing the right thing on that. What's going to happen when it gets to Wayne County and the Wayne County Commission? Mm. How are they going to struggle? You've got Warren Evans running for election next year. You've got the Wayne County sheriff running for election next year. You've got, you know, the congressional seats up for reelection next year. You've got all this stuff around wanting to have black representation in Congress. You know, from Detroit, and you've got Adam Hollier, who's running, and 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 against Sri Thanedar, the current Congressperson. And uh, where do they stand? How are they going to be able to to, to coalesce around this issue in yeah, order to get a lot of, support? Yeah, it's a big there,
0: deal. There's a lot of pressure on them uh, about this. No question. Uh, Dennis, what's your your reaction?
1: Well, again, as we, we've talked about um, the ability to have a conversation, I mean, I think, you know, Layla put it put it very, very well when she was saying, mm-hmm. you know, she would like the politicians to be able to have a conversation that expresses concern and support equally, um, recognizing the, the struggles that the Israeli people have had, but also talking um, with empathy about the plight of the Palestinians. And I think that's the bigger question between now and heading into the election. I mean, first of all, how long is this conflict going to go on um and as israel does certain things like we've talked about um you know earlier um how does that impact the support for the the israeli position but can democrats have have a conversation um that is that is you know less heated less emotional uh to try to bring back some of the voters into their fold because this this issue will have a huge impact on who becomes the next president yeah
0: Uh, Dennis, before we have to end the show, I do want to give you a chance to talk a little about what is going on inside the Republican Party and how it differs, I guess, between what we're seeing among Democrats. It's because, of course, they have different constituents inside the Republican Party. But there are still tensions, I think, about how all of this is managed and especially about the far right and its take on on uh, a lot of these a lot of these questions and where anti-Semitism creeps in on the very far right. We've only got about a minute and a half left, but I'd love for you to talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean certainly the the division within the Republican Party is is less. Um, they have not had um, as much of an issue when it comes to international conflicts or use of of military action. Um, uh, you know, the, there is a large support um, within the Republican Party for that. So the response of of the Israeli government um, is something that the majority of the Republicans. Um, you know, are, are supportive of, and, and it was briefly mentioned. But I mean, this is a, a little bit of a play out of what happened with the Iraq conflict as well, um, and the divisions there. Um, but it, 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 there is a certain, you know, um, you know, the, the far right, as you put it, has a, a certain different viewpoint, and um, this allows them to um, use this conflict to to further their their position. And the anti Semites um, who who are using this as an Opportunity to to do that, but I would say within the Republican Party at large, the you know the division or the focus really is is on the Israelis' ability and right to respond, and and there isn't a lot of uh, conversation or or disagreement upon upon that. Um, so again, I think you know it doesn't it doesn't play out in the Republican Party as much as it does um, in, within the Democratic Party. The issue is going to be is is how do people the fringe right how do they try to utilize this um, for their advantage.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, G- Greg, yeah. we've only got uh, about a minute left, even less. I, I want to yeah. have you just talk briefly about what will happen with Rashida Talib in your in your estimation. Where where does this end for her?
2: That's a good question. Uh, on the uh, I, you know, before this had happened, there was some speculation that she had put out there whether or not this would be her last term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And so the the question becomes, you know, does she see her advocacy as a necessary part of the Democratic Party? She's the only one here in Michigan that is able to advocate in that kind of way. And one of the few people in the country, you know, that's able to advocate in that kind of way. And and, in some levels, in some ways, it holds, she holds us to our conscience to try and help us be better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dennis Darnoy and Greg Bowen. great to have both of your minds here for this conversation. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen.
0: Detroit Today is produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. Our assistant producer is Maddie Boyer. Our music is by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions, and podcast editing is by David Lyons. Our program director is Adam Fox. Detroit Today is a production of WDET in Detroit, and you can support the show by leaving a rating or a comment. Thanks for listening.